Good morning, everyone. It is the 24th of August, and I'm joined today by Nathan Sweeney, Asim Kadri, and Alex Byrne. Nathan, it seems the US markets, particularly the S&P, has now recovered all its losses inspired by the COVID pandemic. Yeah, morning, Lorna. So that's very, very true. So what we've seen is the US has obviously continued to reach these new highs and has actually surpassed the high that we hit in February. So, you know, the real reason is what's driving this. Obviously, it's the fiscal stimulus that we've had out of the US. But I think secondary to that, it's the fact that the data coming out of the US continues to surprise the upside. So the economy is being quite resilient. One of the key data points we had out last week was existing home sales. And we saw this figure increase to a record 24.7% for July. So this is the highest level we have seen since 2006. And this was against expectations of a rise of 14.6%. So if we take a look at that, a kind of a deep look, you can really see that the low interest rate environment in the U.S., People are taking advantage of it to buy houses because they believe this is a great opportunity. So the consumer is outspending and there's no sign of that letting up. So strong numbers coming out of the U.S. And we're seeing that in the U.S. PMI data. Yeah. So again, you're seeing a bit of a divergence between PMIs across regions and the U.S. is kind of leading the way again with strong numbers coming through. So you kind of are seeing strong data points across the board from the U.S., which is positive given you know the level of stimulus that you've seen is actually feeding through to better economic outcomes. It's working. And very much the reverse picture in Europe, Alex. Yeah, so very much against the trend that we've had since really the peak of the crisis. So very quiet week in Europe last week up until Friday when we had a raft of French, European, German PMI data. I remember all these are, are surveys, so they're opinion-based. They're based on feeling within the underlying managers in the economy. So we've gone from a place where we had record lows at the peak of the crisis to very sharp recovery, fairly steady, to be honest, over the past three months or so, to very, very high numbers, positive numbers in France and Germany in the 55, 57 weeks, which is a really, really strong number. But the numbers that we had this week were in stark contrast to that and well below forecast as well. And in on average, just above the kind of growth or the positive spectrum. So you can really see a number of things are affecting sentiment within the European sphere. And absolutely no progress in the Brexit talks last week. Do you think that's weighing on these sentiment surveys? Yeah, I think that's there definitely to a degree. It's obviously a negative factor for UK GDP, but it also has a very big part to play in European GDP as well. I think it's partly that. I, I think it's also to do with the worsening sentiment around the US-China relationship. Obviously, Europe is a very much outward-facing economy. So things which affect global trade have a big impact on Europe, namely. So I think this has had a big impact. But also just the ongoing worsening situation around COVID in Europe is slightly different to what we've seen in the first wave. So the numbers that we're getting through in France and Spain mainly now are pretty concerning and beginning to rise in it. And the, the kind of percentage of positive tests that people are getting back with the virus are quite worrying. Whereas that's kind of in stark contrast to places like Germany and UK, which seemingly have the virus somewhat more under control than, than those economies. But given how open Europe is, the risk of overflowing into other economies and other countries is pretty high. Yes, those are trends we definitely have to monitor. But if we could just step back there to the situation on the US-China trade. We did have quite a worrying development there, didn't we, Asim? Yeah, so tensions between the US and China escalated further, and the main talking point was the US last Monday announcing a fresh set of sanctions on the Chinese telecoms company Huawei. 
So the US have made it even harder for Huawei to access the supplies it needs. And they've basically just cut off its supplies or its access to global suppliers, thus limiting the sale of any US-made chips to the company and therefore restricting any access to components that are needed for 5G. So that's predictably led to sentiment being depressed on the tech side in China over the week, as it's likely that the supply chain of semiconductors will be impacted. And really, these restrictions are the latest in a string of actions we've seen from the US targeting Chinese technology companies over the last few weeks. Yes, so what has been the Chinese reaction to this? Have they threatened to retaliate? Yeah, so notably the restrictions and steps taken at the moment are pretty one-sided, so i.e. coming from the US, and it seems that China is pretty reluctant to retaliate, and that's despite mounting domestic political pressure to do so. And I'll say the most reasonable explanation for that is that US companies in China have brought a huge degree of economic benefit and also innovation, and China really don't want to disrupt that. I think they still want to attract foreign investment across different industries, so they don't want any tit-for-tat measures, retaliation three measures being taking place since it may disrupt that level of foreign investment that is so crucial to China's economic development. A very pragmatic approach there from China. Nathan, what's on our radar for this week? Yeah, so I think importantly, we've got consumer confidence because, you know, the consumer is a big driver of growth in the US. So it's important to see that those numbers are kind of holding up. Expectation is actually they come in a little bit better than previous months, so July. So seeing some improvement there. We're also getting a look at Q2 GDP. Now, we've already seen these numbers come out across the globe, but what we then get is a second estimate. So as the data is coming out, are we seeing, you know, any improvements to that GDP figure? And, you know, I think you should expect to see some slight improvements in those GDP figures, given the fact that the data that's been coming out has been improving. We also have a personal income towards the end of the week. There's been a lot of stimulus. There's been a lot of support for unemployed people. And this has helped personal income. Some of these support measures are rolling off. So we'd expect that to see a bit of a hit. But yeah, so lots to keep the market focused this week. Exactly. And it's all about the direction of travel. We also have the Fed Chairman Jay Powell speaking at one of his events. Yeah, so you'll tend to find that Jerome Powell normally is teed up to speak at some kind of conference post kind of a Fed meeting or post the release of minutes. Whether that's a coincidence or not, who knows? But, you know, so uh, essentially that gives him the opportunity to kind of reiterate the messaging to the market. But if you look at how the market reacted last week post the Fed meeting minute release, the market was positive. So there's no real concerns there, I suppose, from a market perspective. So, you know, I would largely expect him to kind of reiterate the same tone and same message that came out of those meeting minutes this week. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you.